his expression told the entire story. Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with James Prophet. <clears throat> and this is the uh, Wrestling Thanksgiving weekend, James. Yes, yes. This is, um, yeah, the Royal Rumble weekend. And so, Josh. Mm-hmm. We're here to celebrate. We are doing a very special Royal Rumble-themed episode. We're trying something new. Yeah, we're going to count down our favorite Royal Rumbles, talk about them. We're probably going to preview this weekend show to get y'all hyped. (laughs) (laughs) This is news to me, James. (laughs) We'll just spitball about it a little bit. And the new thing I was referring to is we are recording on Thursday before Royal Rumble. We are attempting to release this. On Friday. Right, yeah. So we're going to edit this essentially in a day or less. Usually. Cross your fingers for us at the beginning of this. <laughs> That's right. So, putting ourselves through boot camp tonight. I have good news for the listeners, James. Okay. Since we are talking about, what, 35 ish? How many Rumbles? 30. Gosh, okay, so 1988. Well, okay, let's talk about this, because there have been several Royal Rumbles, and I'm only going to reference taped ones here that you can watch, okay? There have been a few house show Rumbles, okay, and there have been a few non-WWE Royal Rumbles, but only County WWE. There have been a few Royal Rumbles on TV. There was the Corporate Rumble from the Attitude Era in 1999, where it was DX versus the Corporation, which had one of the coolest endings ever. What was, was that on, like, a Raw, or what was It was that? on Monday Night Raw, so yeah, the gimmick was going into the 99 Rumble, which sucks, by the way. You are not going to hear us talk about that tonight. It does not make my list. Yes, it's awful. But going into the show, it sounded cool. Vince McMahon was going to be number two, and Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to be number one. And so that was set up by uh, Commissioner Michaels, but because Vince McMahon is the CEO, he can't overrule the commissioner, but he can create a new match to, to decide who's going to be number 30. And so to, in the interest of fairness, I think Shawn Michaels said like DX had to be in it. So it was like Triple H, X-Pac, and the New Age Outlaws on the DX side, and then the Big Boss Man test um, Kane maybe, and... Whoever, Ken Shamrock, on, like, the corporation side, okay? And so they did a rumble, and it got down, and I think Triple H won by, like, last eliminating the big boss man. But then the buzzer hit again, and so people were looking around, and it was Vince McMahon, because Vince McMahon's part of the corporation. So he comes out, boss man, like, you know, kind of grabs Triple H, and Vince dumps him. So Vince, like, wins the rumble, and they're all celebrating and happy, and they're about to leave the ring. And then the buzzer hits again, and it's China. Because she's a part of DX. And so yeah. she comes out just like low blows Vince and dumps him over the top. And yeah. So DX wins. McMahon still has to fight Austin for an hour, even though that didn't happen. China's in the Rumble. So it was a really cool thing that they did, but it, it's not like a cool Rumble. You yep. know, it was Vince Russo. Sure. 
Yeah, I did not Sorry. remember that at all. Sorry, yeah, there's that one. There's yep. another one for a number – I think it's the number one contendership going into the Rumble mm-hmm. in 2011, I believe. So the number maybe, one contender for, like, the main event of the Rumble? For the main event of the Rumble, yeah. Wow. And then they also did a 15-man Royal Rumble on SmackDown – the SmackDown after the 2004 Rumble to see who would get the title shot at No Way Out. So, and then there's the greatest Royal Rumble from Saudi, the beautiful city of Jeddah in yep. Saudi Arabia. Yep. That, um, the 50-man Rumble. My my gift to the listeners was that since this is a WWE only 30 plus year thing, there will be no mention of Kenny Omega in my list. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I have not found a way to edge him in. So, um, we've seen Let It Snow, like, since that's a Christmas present. Like, he did. Okay, fine. Fair enough. This is, we're back at Thanksgiving already with our (laughs) wrestling Thanksgiving. So, James, how do you want to do this? You want to count down? We made a list of top 10 Mm -hmm. of the 37 ish, if you include some of the multiple or the women's ones that they've had the last few years we have our top 10 list and we were going to go through them and also talk about since this is a wrestling rivalry podcast talk about some of the moments in them that kind of uh highlight different feuds that were going on or possibly setting up future feuds um, that was Josh's idea, and I loved it. Well, I was so excited for it. Part of the reason why I love Royal Rumbles, right, is that it's, I feel like it's just got everything. Like, you got the surprise entrances of old people, so you have the nostalgia there. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have storylines, which is not always present at WWE pay-per-views because of the <laughs> of the entrance coming in, and they look at, you know, so-and-so that they're in the middle of a feud with, or so-and-so that they're wanting to feud with. Yeah, like, it's storyline development. Normally yeah. at WWE pay-per-views, a lot of times at least, it's like a hard beginning or a hard end. This rumble is almost all like in the middle, yeah. you know, which is great. I, I love extending things like that. Yeah. Thick in the pot. And it's just super fun. So um, let's do – do you have honorable mentions, James? You know I what? I thought about doing some of those. I, I only have two. But. All right, well, let's do your two, and then I'll do my number 10 because my number 10 is a cheat. So, okay, sure. All right. I bet I can guess what it is. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so my two honorable mentions were the – okay, so one is basically a good rumble that I don't like, and one is a bad rumble that I do like. <laughs> That's interesting. So, Wait, hold on, hold on. How would that – is it just like who wins, like a favorite Well, wins? okay, so it's essentially like most people love this one, and I don't like it mainly because of the ending. Okay. That is the 2016 Triple H winning Royal Rumble. Okay. Um, don't know if that makes any of your list or anything. That one was for the second Rumble that was for the WWE title, actually. Yes. So the reason I don't like it is <laughs> – Triple H wins. So you said most people do like it? So throughout this um, podcast, I'm going to list, I have the Meltzer rating and to not just yeah be obsessed with Meltzer. I also have, there was an article done by Bleacher Report a few years ago where they ranked all 30 of them, and it's actually really good. I might uh, link to it on our Facebook. Speaking of that, can I plug something really quick? Of course. All right, so this is a website I just found today. I shared it with our wrestling group. 
if you are a fan, and especially if you're going to watch this weekend, go to rumblemetrics.wordpress.com. There's a gentleman, father, adult, just like us, <laughs> um, sounds like a pretty cool guy, and he put together statistics about every Royal Rumble. It's he said, unreal. Yeah, like he said, I started doing this as a kid, and now I'm an adult, and I'm paying a mortgage, and I'm raising kids, and I still find myself wanting to do this every year just to keep it up. Yeah, there's so, yes. a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, um, like who was in each match the longest, but then also who has the total longest combined time in the history of the Royal Rumble? Is that, is that counting all appearances? <laughs> no, but it, sh- it should be the game. Uh. So so the way Bleacher Report did it was they just ranked all 30 of them. So 1 to 30, or I think it was 29 at the time. Okay. So theirs isn't a 4-star or 5-star anything. So for this one, Meltzer gave it 4 stars. Okay. I remember thinking it was good. pretty high for a Rumble. The yeah. highest one that he gave any of these is 4.25. And then Bleacher Report had 4th on their list of top 29. Really? Can I um, share my one gripe with that rumble? Yeah. Okay, so Triple H was like the, uh, what do they call him? The C C O. That sounds right. Okay, so essentially <laughs> he drew number 30 because he's in charge, and he essentially gave himself the title is how that rumble ended. He wins, he gives himself the title, okay? Yeah. I thought going in, I th- that night I think you said who's going to win, and I said here's what's going to happen. All 30 guys are going to come out. It's going to get down to, like, Reigns, and he's going to, like, eliminate the last guy and win in two minutes. But then the buzzer will go off of last time, and number 31, really sticking it to everybody, is Triple H. <laughs> and then he'll dump Reigns and win. Yeah. So I thought Triple H should have been 31. I thought that would have been a kind of cool screw you We were pretty close, James. I was I was one off. So the reason that people like it, apparently, is kind of what you're saying is, at that point, everybody was tired of Reigns, and when he looked like he was going to win, number 30 hits and it's Triple H, mm-hmm. uh, quote, saving us all from Roman Reigns. Blah, blah, blah. Which I just, Reigns like, had finally gotten popular just, like, I the month before that. I don't know if it's just, like, our age, James, but I feel like we saw so much of Triple H being the Roman Reigns of his day <laughs> that when he came out to save him, it didn't mean... What it meant to other, I I think people like younger than us look at him as like almost like, like a, a cool legend. legend. Yeah, and it's like, oh, all right, like Hogan came back to, do, <laughs> and to me it was just like really like you're going from one thing to the other, like it's the same thing. So yeah, if we have any younger listeners, uh, Josh and I, Josh is in his thirties, uh, mid thirties. Mm-hmm. I am forty now. We both had to live through the Triple H. It, he had a reign in two thousand two, and effectively. With a couple of hiccups, went until 2005, but really it's 2004 when he loses at WrestleMania 20. That 2002 to 2004 run is called the Reign of Terror <laughs> because by fans of our ilk, of yeah. our age, he destroyed every top good guy in the company. He didn't really give them anything, and they were just like done at that level. He wasn't developing anybody, and it, it kind of sucked. <laughs> and so Please. it wasn't like, oh, the bad guy wins. It's like, Oh my gosh, why aren't they building a hero right now? Right. Could it have to do with who he was dating slash married to? I don't it, know. <laughs> but but the thing that I like about the reason it's an honorable mention is two things. AJ debuted, mm-hmm. and that was one of the coolest Rumble moments ever, I thought. 
Wait, wait, hold on. AJ Styles? Yeah. In which 2016. One? Did he really? That's when I have here my notes changed. Okay. I could be off. Okay. Was that... <laughs> This may I mean, be uh, no, you might be editable part, but was this when <laughs> you lived me. with uh, Jeff Breeze? Because that's I remember being that in, is when I lived with Jeff Breeze. So yeah. that is when I AJ remember debuted. seeing it in that <laughs> basement. Hey Jeff, if you ever hear this, by the way, Jeff <laughs> is a super cool dude. Yeah, that he's got an amazing family. They're all great. Um, anyway, so yeah, AJ Styles coming from New Japan. Yeah, awesome. And then also there was some Sammy speaking of feuds. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens just kind of oh my god some stuff in that one yeah oh that's so good and then the, oh you're right okay yeah <laughs> that should have been in my top ten <laughs> the other one is the uh, 2006 Rey Mysterio winning that would be on my bottom five well I was gonna say so it is panned across the but board. you like it but I like it mostly just the paying tribute to Eddie Guerrero okay feeling of it it was like. It just was cool the way it worked out that Ray was still like, like popular again almost mm-hmm. in 2006 when Eddie Guerrero died, who was his best friend, right? I mean, right. on all accounts, and for him to just kind of be able to pay a tribute to him, I thought was fun. Okay. Um, I don't know if "fun's" the right word, but I thought it was cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, that was not the best rumble but i just remember all right so i didn't i i might be weird here i didn't like the ray pace tribute to eddie like story that they did Mm -hmm. okay um then when eddie passed away like he was one of my very favorite wrestlers and they had two eddie guerrero tribute shows one raw one smackdown and they were incredibly moving i have a pair of friends uh Serena and Cheryl that don't watch wrestling mm-hmm. and they both called me up after that because they caught Smackdown and they said they didn't they just like left it out they couldn't turn it off because like they saw Batista they found out his name was Batista so right. this giant muscly dude and he's sitting there and he's like crying and he's talking about his friend and they said like we were crying too and they watch everybody else and Ray you know he has a match and you see him like take this like giant deep breath like okay <sighs> okay, okay, this is for Eddie, you know. It's all very real. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that they made it like this fake storyline, even though Randy Orton has this iconic line after the Rumble. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Where he gets ready to put his title shot on the line, and Ray looks up to Eddie like, should I do it? Should I do it? And Orton goes, Ray, if you're wanting to talk to Eddie, I don't think you should be looking up. Oh, God. <laughs> because Eddie's down there. And hell. So Trump was watching so that awful. for his line. <laughs> He's a terrible person. So, uh, yeah. It's one of those cheesy lines where it's so bad I, it almost becomes good. I think it kind of sticks out to me because, uh, not to get dark, but it's one of the times, the few times that they could actually acknowledge a death on screen yeah. and pay tribute to it because it wasn't like a tragedy like Owen or like. Right, yeah, he, he had a formation around his heart. Yeah, so it's just kind of like, hey, this guy meant a lot to us, and he, you know, was still there at the time and everything. And it was just yeah. like, let's pay yeah. tribute to him. That's awesome. And again, like you said, Ray Mysterio was his real life, one of his best friends, at least one of his best friends. And again, they went through a lot. They had been together in wrestling for like twenty years, you know. So they were family, you know. This was 
a very if it had been anybody aside from like Mysterio Chavo or Chris Benoit, it would have been out of place. But with mm-hmm. those three, it was it was safe, and you know that was the right way to do it. I think. All right. Jim. Anyway, what do you got for your number ten? All right, my number ten. Cheat. My cheat. Okay. So there are some good ones I left out. Like ninety six would would have been an honorable mention for me, but I figure we'll talk about that later with you. Nope. No, really? Nope. Oh, the one that Sean's second win. Nope. nope. Do we talk about 95 as first yeah, one? we do. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, 96 I like, but my cheat, I listed 2004 and 2005 together as number 10. This is why I put them together, okay? They are quite possibly maybe my number one and number two Royal Rumbles ever, Okay. They're both just phenomenal. Could you have put them at number one and number two? No, because I don't watch them anymore. And I can't watch them because I have trouble watching matches with a lot of Chris Benoit Mm -hmm. in them. Sometimes it doesn't bother me. And sometimes I'm just like, I'm just, I don't, I'm not in the mood. I don't want to watch something that celebrates it, you know? So I know it's Chris Benoit. The character is different than Chris Benoit, the guy that did that. I know his son is kind of dipping his toes in wrestling right now and he said like that's not who he was whatever happened there you know like with his mental state you know the they said he had the brain chemistry of like an 83 year old alzheimer's patient right right something like that which is again wwe started doing all this concussion protocol blah 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 but i still don't get i'm still uncomfortable it's still hard to watch yeah so the stories in 05 at the time i thought were like the best sequential stories and 010 and 11 really kind of picked up some of the slack there too but 05 is really tight 04 has is 04 on your list uh i'm bad at remembering off the top of my head let me look okay 04 is where chris benoit wins 05 he oh, just yeah, has like yeah, 40 yeah, minutes yeah, it is all right so we'll i'll wait to talk about it <clears> for sure but that's why i had it at number 10 i do not have as much as i know we've talked about this before but as much of the issue watching chris benoit matches to this mm-hmm. i understand um it's still weird i think i feel weird watching it like with the kids in the room which doesn't make any sense <laughs> well they they'll be like he he's is, my favorite he's my yeah. hero can i get a chris benoit t-shirt <laughs> all right james you just mentioned it my number 10 is the 1995 sean michaels royal rumble all right cool okay so i went back and watched uh bits and pieces of both and cool. reading about both of them I realized that I was looking at them a little bit through rose-colored glasses. Okay. Heart-shaped rose-colored glasses. <laughs> to be fair, 95 has it has one of the weakest Rumble rosters of all time. Yes. But they do one-minute intervals, so the match is like 40 minutes. Yeah, I it dig, I dig that. Right. Yeah. So Bleacher Report gave ranked it 29th, which was oh, the lowest low. of their... What? At the time, that was only 29th. I weirdly, highly disagree. Top weird, half. Weirdly, Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. That's because so. it's a good match. I don't know. But um, if Sean wins, it's going to make my top ten. Right. So. There are if, Rumble purists out there that want the two-minute intervals, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> there's nothing sacred about Royal Rumble. Right. I mean, the intervals are not too... Let's talk about this now. Yeah. If you look at the actual timed intervals, it's never two minutes. If they announce 90 seconds, you'll get... 90 seconds, you'll get minute 15, you'll get mm-hmm. three minutes, you'll get I feel like six. some of the rumbles we watch, I swear it's just a guy, like, throwing a dart every two, like, ah, well, well, that sounds is, about right, let's have him come out now. The Royal Rumble is a very, very, very tightly booked match, mm-hmm. okay? 
they don't hit the buzzer usually until they hit their beat. Like, the next story beat, that's the cue. Right. So if it takes 90 seconds, great. If it takes three and a half minutes, so be it. Yeah. So yeah. So that's my number 10. Okay. Your number nine, James? Ah, number nine. All right. Josh, my number nine is 2013. Is that on your list? Let's see here. Sorry, I have a lot written for each one, so I'm scrolling through here. 2013. Oh. Who who won that one? No. John Cena. No, it is not on my list. Okay, so before you, we go on to three, John Cena, Mark. Are there any? Is there anything you wanted to talk about from '95, like feuds or anything like that? No, that's what I was saying. There's not really much to it other than just okay. Sean finally getting. Uh, I say finally. I mean, he was still young, but it's his time, right? And he. I feel like it was done well. I should have done my cheat for 10 as far as 95 and 96. I there mean, you go. Okay. We'd be, nine, we 95, he wins the Rumble, but doesn't win at Mania. Mm-hmm. And then 96, he wins the Rumble. And wins, win, at and wins at Mania. I like 96. I think it's really good. I love the shot at the end of 96. It's a classic that they always show where he's all like Oh, like hitting the mat, off. bouncing on his knee. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Okay. So, 2013 Royal Rumble. Um... They do pre-match promos, which is something that they used to do in the 80s and early 90s, where, like, they'll show half the guys in the match or more, and they'll say, like, hey, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble, blah, blah, blah. It lasts, like, 15 seconds Mm, per guy. They do that, and I geek so hard because they hadn't done that since legit, like, 1997 or 6. I forgot they did that. Right, yeah. I loved that. So right off the bat, like, before the match even began, I am excited. Um Dolph Ziggler was number one. Chris Jericho was a surprise entrant at number two. Awesome. And that continued a feud where essentially Ziggler won like a loser leaves town type match to send Jericho away for five months. Jericho surprise return to face off with Ziggler to start the match just like that. Um, let's see. Cody Rhodes. Cody is number three. He brawls with Jericho, which is fun given the AEW yeah, reality right what now. Year was that? This is uh, 2013. Okay. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, there's a really fun spot where... So there's four guys in the ring. Santino's number five. He runs in. He cleans house. He throws everybody over the top rope one by one. I remember that. And then nobody's feet hit the ground. They're all just on the apron. They all kind of <laughs> slowly get in the ring. And Santino starts <laughs> looking back and forth, freaked out. And like these five guys that essentially none of them like each other all team up to throw Santino awesome. over the top at once. <laughs> Um, Goldust is a surprise entrant. He brawls with Cody. So that's interesting with the AEW thing. Um, Cena brawls with and eliminates some old Nexus guys to revisit that feud from 2010. Sheamus and Daniel Bryan brawl. That revisits their feud from the year before. Daniel Bryan, okay. Team Hell No was a thing. Remember mm-hmm. Team Hell No? Yeah. Daniel Bryan and Kane? Yeah. Okay. So, if you didn't watch, they were a tag team that didn't get along. Daniel Bryan was a bad guy. Kane was a bad guy. But they were both good guys because fans just liked them. Right. So, they would do this thing where, like, they would try to hug it out, essentially, I think. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And so, Kane is about to get eliminated, and Daniel Bryan runs over... And he pushes Kane over the top rope to make sure he gets eliminated. So Kane starts yelling at his partner, what are you doing? And Daniel says, like, every man for himself, every man for himself. You won't save me. I'm sending you out. Every man for himself, get back. And then Daniel Bryan gets thrown 
over the top rope onto the apron, and then he gets knocked off. He goes flying off the apron and came and like into Kane, and Kane catches him. And then Kane just like moves his arms away, and Daniel Ryan holds <laughs> on, and Kane like shakes him off, and so Daniel Ryan falls and gets eliminated because Kane wouldn't save him. Awesome. So yeah, it was a blast. It was a cool, cute spot. It was genuinely funny, and at the end comes down to the two favorites, which is always nice. It was Cena and Ryback that year, and funny to think that Ryback was a WrestleMania main event yeah. consideration at one point, and Cena wins to have the rematch with The Rock. Dodge that bullet. <laughs> Can you imagine WrestleMania, Ryback, The Rock? Oh, man. Okay. Bad. Josh, what do you have for number nine? My number nine, James, I actually have very little written down for this one because I just assumed that you would have it high on your list. Mm-hmm. It's the 2019 women's. 2019? Yes. Not on my list. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so we Becky Lynch wins with a surprise a entrance. That's pretty much it. Okay. It was the... Uh, coronation of becky lynch i loved that part yeah. yeah okay so you want to go next two in a row do your number eight sure my number eight we have talked about on this podcast okay honestly if i i've okay so it's the 2007 royal rumble with undertaker winning okay yeah oh that was a consideration of yeah that. that's a really good one no i think i said this before on the show but the last 10 minutes is like oh my god one of my favorite quote unquote matches ever it comes down to sean and the undertaker they essentially have just like a 10 minute match since it's just those two and that was the first time they met since like the late 90s Mm -hmm. and the crowd was just freaking out yeah yeah every single thing they did everybody would just like raise the volume level so Meltzer gave it four stars ranked ranked uh seventh on the bleacher report list okay um, I think four stars is low for that one. What do you well, think? I think just it seems like old curmudgeon Dave just doesn't give Royal Rumbles anything higher than a four point two five. Okay, so a four is pretty high. It's pretty high for him. Okay, for him, I think just the thought of a sixty minute like or ninety minute like thirty man thing. Yeah, it's just not. It's not wrestling. Right. I do like when it comes down to like the favorites and that rumble, the other two guys in the final, like the final four is always sort of a thing in the rumble, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. the final six. Yep, for the sure. final four that year is those two with Randy Orton and Edge. Yep. Those were definitely the top four favorites in that match. So that worked out really cool. Yep. And it set up, obviously, <coughs> a huge feud. Um. So yeah, so 2007 Undertaker winning. Okay. Which I, I struggled putting in because I don't like The Undertaker, <laughs> but I like the that Royal Rumble. One of these days, Josh, he's going to come on this podcast and he's going to reap your soul. <laughs> Take my soul. And... I'm, I've been putting off watching his uh, interview or Stone Cold's interview with him on the network. Just, oh, it's really good. I know, and I'm worried that I was going to make me like The Undertaker. <laughs> it so. might make you like him. <laughs> it just might. All right, James. All right, my number eight, Royal Rumble 2003. Okay. Is that one on your list? Who is the winner? The That's... winner is Barack. No, it is, it is not. It is not. Okay. So, it's a cool rumble. I'm not a Brock guy. Um, I'm not anti-Brock. You know, I'm just not a Brock guy. So, it's not because of the winner. I just like the story of the match. So, going into the match, Shawn Michaels had just come back. like uh, full, Not even full-time yet. He was back part-time. Okay, just about four months before this. 
And so he and Jericho had started to have some interactions, and Shawn Michaels was bringing up, you know, I'm going to prove that I'm as good as I ever was. I've requested and been granted the entrance of number one. And so Chris Jericho was really mad. He's like, I wanted to prove I'm better than Shawn Michaels and go 1-30 to 30 and win the whole thing. Why did you just give it to him? And Vince is like, he asked for it. You're, I thought you'd be happy he was number one. No, no, I'm better than him. And so they had a match like a couple weeks later on Raw. It may have, This may have been a Rumble match too, where the winner of this elimination match got to pick whatever number they wanted to be in the Royal Rumble. And so the commentators were all like, this is for the number 30 spot. And then Jericho wins, and he says, I know number 30 is the right move. But I'm going to pick number two <laughs> so I can go wire to wire. Awesome. And so it starts out with Sean and Jericho, and they do an angle to set up their WrestleMania 19 match where uh, Jericho comes out, does the pose at the end of the entrance ramp. Then he turns around, and you see, wait, that's Christian. And then Jericho slides in and low blows Michaels, beats him up with the chair, then tosses him before <laughs> number three even comes out, I think. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's super fun. What um, year's 2013? This is 2003. 2003, sorry. Yeah. Okay, and this is, by the way, the year where, like, Jericho's feuding with half the people. Like, Jericho is the raw mid-card, so he has, like, four angles going on at once. So he's got the Sean thing going on. He's got a Jeff Hardy feud going on. Uh, he's got a Tess feud going on. He and Tess interact. Tess actually dumps him. And he's got this tag partnership with Christian going on. Um, he brawls with, uh, with Rey Mysterio in the match sort of revisit their WCW feud. Um, here's how, oh, by the way, Brock Lesnar was going, he was feuding with Kurt Angle and Team Angle at that point, which is Haas and Benjamin, World's Greatest Tag Team. So Brock dumps both of them in the match. Um, Maven gets dumped by The Undertaker <laughs> to pay off that 2002 moment where <laughs> Maven eliminated The Undertaker. Um, Kane gets eliminated by The Undertaker. But here's what was supposed to happen with the Jericho thing, okay? He was supposed to make it to the very end. He was going to be in the final two with Brock Lesnar, and then Brock was going to, like, F5 him out to win, okay? So it's going to be like, he came so close. But he got hurt in the match, and he told Tess, like, dump me, I need to get out of here. And so Tess just threw him over the top, and that was it. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, real life interferes with the so Rumble how did, sometimes. how did it end with... It was not. It, they kept Taker in there longer, so okay. it came down to Taker and Brock. Brock like clotheslined him out, and Taker kind of gave him the endorsement after the match. Oh yeah, we all need the Undertaker endorsement. Yep, <laughs> the uh, stare down and then go down on one knee and put the arm up and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, James. So my number seven is, I think, one of the most classic. Okay. It is the highest rated Meltzer Rumble. You did some good research on this. The 2008 Royal Rumble where dun, 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 where John Cena comes back. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's the best Rumble moment of all yep. time. I think that's uh, unanimous. Um, you want to explain like the background of this, why it was such a big deal? I think you probably know it better than me, Chase. Okay. So he went out with an injury in like September, and I forget what the injury was, but... Medically, I believe the estimated time frame for such an injury was going to be like eight months, okay? okay? So he wasn't due back until April. WrestleMania is like early April. So rumors are kind of going around, right? So around October, it's like, okay, he'll be back for Mania. And then around November, it's like 
he might not be back for Mania. And then, like, December, January, it's like, okay, he's probably not going to be back until, like, the week before Mania, but apparently he's doing pretty good. He'll probably be back for WrestleMania. He's the biggest star in the company. So this is what, if you follow online wrestling, you're expecting <laughs> Cena to probably come back around late March, okay? If you don't follow online wrestling, you know, he went out, you saw some, like, video clips of the surgery on Raw, and then that's it. So what we found out later, what's sort of known now, is that John Cena is essentially superhuman in real life. Yeah. He has un- ungodly good healing powers. He was ready to go by, like, late January. And so they got him in the Royal Rumble. So 30. Here's the cool thing of, like, there's six people announcing the match, okay? I think five of them didn't know that he was going to come back like they wanted to just be able to call the rumble on the fly right and so the one that knew sort of like hit the story beat line that was michael cole where he goes triple h's face tells you his entire story but when the buzzer hits they pause for like two seconds and then cena's music starts and jim ross like lights up and goes wait a minute and then somebody else goes like, hold on. Tess goes, you got to be kidding me. And I think Joey Styles goes, there's no way. And then John Cena walks out with his head down. He's got a baseball cap on. And they wait a second. Watching it live, I thought, that's not him. It's too – he he's not yeah. big enough. But if you can't train for like three months, you're going to be smaller, <laughs> right. which makes sense. And he just lifts his head right as his music kicks into the main part. And Jim Ross goes, my God. It's John Cena, and it's amazing. It's it's it's, it's one of the best pops ever. I mean, yeah, it probably YouTube is. YouTube John Cena Rumble Return. It gives me goosebumps to this day. I'll watch it like every few months just for a minute. Yeah. So and and also at the beginning of that Rumble, um, it starts off with uh, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker kind of rekindling their rivalry, which is a fun. Yeah, um, that's right. A fun thing. It's a fun way to start it. This isn't about rivalries per se, but one thing that this match I feel like shows is uh, around this time, they always did the whole like Legends Come Back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But around this time, it was like changing of eras to where it was like you would see a legend come back and you would get the feeling of like, man, what would it have been like to have so-and-so, you know. So right. like like Piper um, okay. comes back in this one or Mick Foley, which I mean he's still oh, yeah. in and out of it, but just thinking like, man, Piper versus like John Cena or whatever the you know that would have been fun, yeah. You get to see all sorts of stuff like that in different rumbles where you get uh, I don't know I'm trying to think of another example, but every year they do it where one or two guys comes back mm-hmm. and it's like most of the time they don't look great. Every now and then they're Rey Mysterio and they look like a freaking drank from the fountain of youth kind of thing but um i love that part of royal rumbles too so okay that is my number what was that seven number seven yep okay my number seven is the 2001 edition of the royal rumble okay so 2001 is the first section of what is uh generally considered to be the holy trinity a wrestling pay-per-view. So one of the things I really like with WWE, one of my dork fan things, is keeping up with what's called trilogies, where can they have three pay-per-views back-to-back that all knock it out of the park, that would all be graded in A, okay? I would argue that they've done this three times. I would more strictly argue that they've done it twice, 
but this one in 2001 is easily the best of the three and it was the first time they did it so the royal rumble the whole pay-per-view is great it's got this uh, benoit jericho ladder match that is insane dudley's and edge and christian have a really good match triple h and kurt angle have a good match um, they do an angle to set up the women's title match at WrestleMania, and the match itself only takes like a minute, so that's appreciated because it would have been very yeah. good. But the Rumble itself is a blast. They um, do some comedy spots with the Honky Tonk Man being a surprise entrant, and uh, Drew Carey getting entered into the Royal Rumble. Um, Gosh, Kane kind of sets an elimination record by eliminating the most guys. Yeah, that's and, that's the Kane like that's the Kane um, rumble right where he's yeah he's like, in there for a long time. He is yeah he's in there for like fifty minutes that night and it comes Austin's in it, Rock's in it, you know, tons of big stars, Takers in it. It comes down to Austin and Kane. Austin wins his record-setting third Royal Royal Rumble with that match. A lot of cool stuff about it, and it's just. A good rumble, good action, good comedy, good all around. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Josh, moving on. So moving on to number six, uh, is I have the 2002 Triple H Royal Rumble. All right, that's your number six. I got that at five. Do you? Well, I had uh, your last one at my number five, so we're getting, oh, cool. all right. we're getting some crossover. All right, let's do it. Um, I know we talked about... Well, you talked bad about Triple H earlier, James. No, Actually, I, I did as well. I got an idea. Yeah, Before sure. Before we do this, let's go ahead and talk about what you have to say about 01. Is that okay? Um, yeah, but although you pretty much covered it all. Um, okay. It is pretty high on the Bleacher Report what do they have list. They had it as fifth. Um, I just love anything Austin, and I felt like that was his best rumble, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um. Jim Ross, I'm pretty sure, gets a pretty iconic line there where he yells Royal Rumble 316 or something yep, like that. Yeah, I remember that. Um, there's some <laughs> some cool chair shots, which I mean are <laughs> hard to watch, but still. Well, you got like Austin gets Kane out bloodied Austin. Um, I think it was, yeah. Okay. Sealed chair shots. Yeah, I think it was. Can you imagine somebody doing that to a public servant like Glenn Jacobs? Yeah, I know, it's man. A travesty. It's just, uh, I mean, <laughs> only Austin. Rousey. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot other than what you said, but um, set the stage for WrestleMania X Seven. Oh yeah. Which is like you said, I mean, that's a that's an all timer. So. Critically, that's considered to be the best WrestleMania yeah. of all time. Critically. Everyone's got their favorites, but that's the best. And I was there because you were there, James. I was lucky. He was very lucky. So, so back to the sixth one, the Triple H one. We were talking bad about him earlier, but I still can't help but love him. Um, And this was, I think, his first win, right? Two thousand two. Which really, like, that's kind of late for Triple H. I mean, he was in the thick of things for a few years before that um only though like really in 99 he was still solidly a mid carter in 2000 he was a main eventer but he was defending the title that night in 2001 he was getting the title shot that night okay. so 2002 was his first rumble as a main eventer yeah i felt like it was like it was before all the shenanigans before he was too old so it was like i felt like you know right when he deserved it and i feel like royal rumbles kind of rarely do that right mm-hmm. um 
have the right guy at Get the right, right time. Get right on time. <laughs> really? You think that? Okay. Yeah, I mean, like like you mentioned before, like uh, like Reigns doing his a few different years where nobody wanted it. <laughs> um, right, yeah. Like Triple H winning in 2016. Like just ones where it's just like, really? like Storyline, at least Triple H made sense in 16, right? Yeah. But I didn't want it. I, I never liked the. This is kind of a, a weird pet peeve. Is the like multiple winners? I mean, Sean can do it, but <laughs> I mean it makes sense sometimes. But when you get into like three or four, it's just kind of like really like like even like Austin. How many did he win? Three or was it four? I don't know. It just seems like too many. Like okay, um, give it to somebody else. You know. So of uh, two thousand two, mm-hmm. um. Taker, this is where the Undertaker gets drop kicked out by Maven, yes. which was really funny. Maven was a rookie; his career never really went a uh, tough very enough far. winner, right? Yeah, he was a tough enough winner. Yeah, um, so that that's the most memorable spot in it by far. Um, Rikishi gets tossed out by Taker to kind of answer for Rikishi getting the Undertaker out in two thousand one. Um, Christian gets tossed out by Austin, which is funny given the origin of the what thing from Stone Cold's character. You know that story, right? Remind me, James. So, essentially, um, Steve Austin called Christian one night on the phone when they were driving to the next show and Christian didn't answer. So, Austin left, like, this five-minute message on his cell phone. It's like, I'm passing a convenient mark. What? Oh, I said I'm passing a convenient mark. He just kept saying what, like, off the top of his head just to I be I have dumb. never heard that, but that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, okay, yeah, and so that's where it came from, just him being buddies with Christian. I think the K-Fame, like, origin of the what, but... Yeah, that's still. the real life, okay. Uh, so this Rumble 2002 was promoted on the TV show around there were going to be, like, comebacks on the show, right? Mm-hmm. And so Goldust Valvinus, the Godfather, and Mr. Perfect, and Rikishi, I believe, all were given, like, these promo hype videos, like, that were again 20 seconds long but they'd play them every week on raw like going into commercial like royal rumble 2002 mm-hmm. and they'd show like mr perfect clips or something like that uh, like josh said this was no you didn't say this triple h's return from injury yep yeah this was that rumble uh do you remember the spot with the hurricane in this match i do not James. so triple h and austin end up in the ring together and they kind of do this like big slugfest a la bret hart steve austin in 1997 which is an amazing rumble spot right mm-hmm. um and so they're both laid out from a double clothesline and then the buzzer hits and the hurricane the kind of like 210 pound guy that dressed like a superhero runs out to the ring i think he's got a superhero cape on he's kind of this delusional character that right. believes he's really a superhero and he would use a choke slam which is a move that like he- only heavyweights <laughs> use but he would use it and so austin and triple h are kind of struggling to their feet and he holds one hand up in the air like you see undertaker throws one hand around triple h's neck holds the other hand up in the air throws the other hand around austin's neck and he just starts like looking left and right the crowd is going nuts and then triple h and austin just sort of like tilt their head at him and then look at each other <laughs> and then they both grab him by the hair and throw him over the top rope and he goes flying cape on and everything out of the ring and is eliminated so it's a cute spot um perfect gets eliminated by triple h which yeah, is fun i always remember. forget that perfect came back like that like yeah he was only there a couple in the months middle of, you know triple h and everybody it's just weird apparently p- 
people thought he wasn't great. At least that was the belief internally, and I think by the fan base, I thought he was pretty good from what I'd seen of that comeback run. You mean just at that time? Like, yeah, at, at the time. In 2002, um, people thought he wasn't as good as he had been in 1991. Shocker, it's 11 years later. Right. But yeah, but anyway, Perfect coming back was amazing. And he gets thrown out by Triple H, which is somebody who he led to the Intercontinental title in 1996. So that was sort of a fun callback there. That was really all I had. Booker T gets thrown out by Steve Austin to <laughs> recreate the supermarket thing that you love, love so it. much. Yeah. All right. So uh, number six, we haven't talked about. My number six sure. yet. 1990. Do you have that on your list? I think I had that as an honorable mention. But okay. And that's Hogan, right? Yeah. Hogan wins 1990. Um, that one, it's just really well booked. Um they're, the most famous part is Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior have their epic showdown yep. in it. That's the first time they'd ever collided. That set up their main event for WrestleMania VI. Um, that Rumble was the first... And in 89, they set up the main event for WrestleMania V a little bit with Hogan, quote-unquote, accidentally throwing out the Macho Man uh, prior to the mega, mega Powers exploding. But 1990 is the first one where they actively used the Rumble to set up almost every single major match at WrestleMania, maybe every single one, okay? So to go, can I go through the list yeah. real quick? Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior set up in that match. Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Bad News Brown is set up in that match. Dusty Rhodes against Macho Man Randy Savage is set up a little earlier in the night and then confirmed for sure is set up in that match when Dusty throws Savage out. Jake the Snake and DiBiase get at each other in that match to continue their feud. And then to end some feuds, Hogan dumps Mr. Perfect in their rivalry. Um, the Offit Warrior dumps Dino Bravo to end his contendership. And as a cool... Uh, also, Andre gets dumped by the Demolition to kind of continue that feud where Andre and Haku had just beaten them for the tag belts. But then Haku dumps one of the Demolition guys to get revenge to keep that feud going. Um, Tito Santana gets dumped by Rick Martel because Strike Force. Right. Um, Bush, Bushwhacker Luke sets the shortest record in that match for like a four second time in. He does yeah. the Bushwhacker march in, marches across the ring, and some guy just tosses him out and keeps on marching right to the back. But that's not. That didn't stay the record, right? No, Santino broke that record. With what, like two seconds or something? It was like one second, I think. Didn't Lawler have one? Or Bob Backlund maybe had one for. A real quick turnaround. I Not, can't remember. Oh. Maybe. Not that I recall. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. So the WWE, this is more than anybody cares about, but the WWE That's all we talk tracking about. of that is different from the website that we were looking at, right? The website is legitimate. WWE is storyline-based. Well, and the, the website was also like it was by the last second of your 10-second countdown. Mm -hmm. And his reasoning for that was sometimes you can't see when people enter the ring. Um... But this this one was it's the second you enter the ring when your feet touch the ground at the end, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And again, this website is um, rumblemetrics.wordpress.com. It was super fun to kind of browse through about some. Also, last thing about 1990, they had done this beat in 89 where backstage DiBiase drew his number and he wasn't happy. And then he ran into Slick. It's like Slick. How are you tonight? He's like, oh, I'm doing really good, Ted. It's like, let's have a word. And then so 
DiBiase was bribing everybody back then as the million dollar man. And so <laughs> Ted DiBiase walks out at number 30, with the implication being that he bought the number, right? So in 90, one of the things they had going on was like, you know, President Jack Tunney says they're going to have extra security around the draws so nobody can cause any shenanigans that allegedly happened the year before. And Ted DiBiase draws number one. And so that was sort of like a cute callback to the year before. Nice. Yeah. So anyway. 1990. Yeah, that was fun in a lot of places. And again, the roster, Piper, Jake, Hogan, Andre, Macho Man, Dusty. It's just talent all over the place. Ultimate Warrior. All right, Josh. Um, we are on your number five, correct? Uh, my number four. Your number four, yeah. And we, we've done your five, which was 01. And we've done my five, which is 02. Yes. All right, so number four for each of us. So my number four is the uh, He Who Shall Not Be Named Royal Rumble, the 2004, 2004. Chris Benoit. All right. So... I just can't help it. It's so good. The last Re- five minutes are amazing. <laughs> I was like reading about it today. I'm like, I want to go back and watch the entire freaking thing. Um, yeah, I, I did too. <laughs> so Bleacher Report had it at second of all time. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, uh, let me see here. Sorry, where I had. All right, so Bleacher Report had it at number two, mm-hmm. you said. Can I talk about the last five minutes for yeah, a second? of course. Okay, so the match comes down to... The big show who they're saying weighed 500 pounds, and he had been, like, dominant for the last, like, two, three months. He was U.S. champion, and he was, like, the unbeatable U.S. champion. So it comes down to him and maybe the top five to six good guys in the match. Like, that's the end, okay? And so he's just sort of tossing everybody around. Somehow, through, like, a little bit of luck... They get him on his back in a little bit of coordination. And they're all like, they're not really working together at this point. It's sort of every man for himself. But they all kind of look around and realize, holy crap, this is the only chance we got. I think it's Rob Van Dam, like, does the first thing. His character is that he's super chill back, mm-hmm. super laid back, but he's also reactionary. So right away, he runs on the ropes and does that really thunder splash on a big show. And then I think. Uh, like again, like everybody just starts doing all their moves to the big show while he's down. Rafa Hadan does the five star frog splash on him. Um, I think, gosh, Chris Jericho does the lion salt on him. I think Benoit does the flying headbutt on him. Other guys are like dropping legs, you know, doing anything they can think of. And Kurt Angle's in there as a good guy. And so they've all done like all these like top level finishing moves on the big show. And he's just laid out on his back, and Kurt Angle kind of calms everybody down. He's like, okay, let's team up and get him out, and right. then we'll go at each other. And so they try to lift him, but he's too much weight. And so they try to get him out another way, and he kind of comes back, just starts tossing people. And it, it's a great ending. I, I'm not doing it justice here, but man. Well, no, so he ends it by putting him in the um, – what is it, the – He's like choking him, right? It's the Benoit, yeah, yeah. And he like kind of like pulls him over the rope, I think. Yeah. So what happens is, yeah, Big Show gets uh, Benoit up in the choke slam. It looks like he's just gonna choke him over the top rope, and he does. But Benoit slips out at the last second and grabs a front face lock, like a guillotine choke. Right, guillotine. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And so he holds it like he's holding on for his life, and he starts to slide yep. under the rope, which tilts Big Show over the rope. 
And this whole thing takes like a minute to unfold because Benoit's like fighting so hard and Big Show is so big that it's almost like a tree falling. I feel like that was like a really hard one to orchestrate, right? Like I would think so, yeah. There's been a few of those over the years where they like do the thing where, I mean, the 94 one we talked about before where they both land at the same time. Right. Where you're just like, man, they had to have like a backup plan. I mean, even like you said, Jericho getting injured halfway through. I mean, it's a lot of moving parts that you're luck, yeah. <laughs> trying to make sure everything goes smooth. Um, so, I mean, at the time and prior to, I loved Benoit. So it was kind of like him finally getting too, his yeah, shot. Um, this also has uh, some stuff with Mick Foley and Randy Orton. Oh yeah. Um, Foley's a surprise. Setting up their, the next chapter of their kind of mm-hmm. program. Went through WrestleMania, then the classic match at backlash. There's a thing where Kane, um, is, you know, in the rumble and Taker's music hits, but it's not like, he because Taker had been gone for like two or three months <laughs> and it gets him eliminated. So there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, it's just a really good rumble. Yeah, so. it's really tight storytelling. And again, I that last five minutes, I prefer that to the Sean Taker 07 ending, which is generally considered the best. Mm-hmm. The 04 ending, I think, is like such a good story of just like, again, climbing the mountain or beating the giant, right. literally the giant in yeah. WCW. And no one can do it. And Chris Benoit just outsmarts him in the end to take him down. Awesome. All right. Is that your number four? Yep. My number four is 2010. Is that on your list? 2010 is on my list. All right. So let, I'll put off talking about it till we get to You, you sure? Yeah, yeah. I'll wait. I'll wait. What do you got for number three? So my number three, I'm wondering if it's in yours. I don't know. But it's the 2018 men's. It is not. That that was a consideration for my top ten, though. Let's so talk about it. this is, again, me uh, just... Loving the winner. Um, the winner is Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay. It's one of those also that's a little bit like... What? Like, based on what happened afterwards makes me not like it as much. Shinsuke didn't win the belt. And, and nothing ever feel. happened, basically. Like. Okay. No. Here's the great <laughs> thing that happened there. Two things. Number one, the phenomenal ball arm when he turned heel on right. AJ Styles. I meant, like, <laughs> nothing two, important. the Shinsuke interview segments with Renee Young. Those are great. And number three, more specifically... The final one, after Shinsuke loses the last man standing match, where he complains that it so wasn't James... fair. Because number one, he's still standing. <laughs> and number two, the ref wasn't counting in Japanese. I think you just made my point for me. <laughs> Those are the highlights of Nakamura since 2018. Um, Here's the biggest shocker of that match. Mm-hmm. The WrestleMania match between him and AJ Styles was kind of boring. I'm trying to think. That was the It was one... like a dream match. It's WrestleMania yeah, 34. That's the one where I was in... Um... Florida, I remember watching that and thinking the same thing. It was like, oh, that thought it'd be sucks. a lot better. Yeah, Ryan and I like met for our annual WrestleMania lunch before yeah. that, and we had talked like, if nothing else, we like we had both said this will be a really people's good show. main event. But if everything else falls apart, at least Nakamura Styles will be awesome. Yeah, and I don't it was know. A great mania, but that match wasn't. I just don't know what happened. I mean, it just didn't. It just doesn't translate as much. I mean, that's a weird choice of words, but. <laughs> No, it was so, great so good Dome. in Japan, and then and yeah. I still think he's good, mm-hmm. and his matches are entertaining and everything. But 
His character is just like it's I kind of want to go back and watch and... it again. It's Shinsuke. Yeah, like what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't you know. Liked Shinsuke. I love Shinsuke, yeah. but I just don't love what they did with them. When he turned heel or what? No, just like I don't know. Like they just maybe it's the fact that it's on every week, which they can't help. Okay. Um, but hearing his amazing music, but like every week and like hearing it, like seeing him doing his dance, it's just kind of like oversaturation or something this it wasn't up. special which is what it was when he was in nxt where it was like an event you know yeah you've got to see shinsuke and then it was just kind of like he's out there with like orton and <laughs> everybody else are just like ugh. and that's just sort of a thing about modern wwe like back in the 80s and 90s there was hulk hogan maybe two to three other guys that would get like five plus year runs that was it you know everybody else was like two to three years you know and they'd be out because essentially be like well who else can they feud with right now right and we don't want to just turn them heel or face and so they would just let them go and bring them back a few years later that's crazy and so now they'll just like they do plan it well where like they'll give guys time off they'll turn guys heel and face more frequently but that keeps things fresher Mm -hmm. so it's amazing how they get these guys to have like 10 12 year runs now yeah but also, yeah, I, I get your thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you've seen it all before, you know. Well, all that being said, okay, I love this rumble. Um, the final four was, I felt like, one of the best final fours. Can we? All right, before we talk about that, can sure. we step back one yeah. second there to the final six? Do you write anything? I down? don't remember the other two, but go for it. Okay, so the <laughs> final six in that match did like this three on three face off. Okay. So it was Rey Mysterio, John Cena, and Randy Orton on one side of the ring, and then Roman Reigns, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Finn Balor on the other side of the ring. Yes. So it was like the last generation versus the current generation. Okay, yeah, you're telling it way better than me, James, because that's what I have for the Final Four, but you're you're right. Because even when I read this, I was like, the Final Four was Nakamura and Finn, and then Cena and Reigns, which right. I guess is, is kind of feel, felt like that, but Reigns is still relatively new at that point. Well, yeah, well, that's what happened when it got down to four. Like, they yeah. got rid of Ray on one side, they got rid of Orton on the other side, and then Alliance has sort of shifted, and Cena sort of realized Reigns is the other top <laughs> other guy. guy that everybody I need hates. to team up with this guy, because the two like young Lions, Sakamura and Balor, are obviously no going to try to get us out. Yeah, yeah, the young Lions. From New Japan. <laughs> From New Japan. So, and, and, and that was a great Final Four. It was the two guys the crowd wanted to win the most versus the two guys that maybe yep. the crowd wanted to win the least. Yeah, pretty much. So the audience participation was off the chart. And I think it, it and comes down... And they gave a happy ending. It comes down to Nakamura and... Is it Cena or Reigns? Reigns. Okay. Nakamura gets Yeah, and you Roman just Reigns. really feel like it's going to be Reigns again. They're going to do it again because <laughs> Vince is just such a <laughs> troll. Um, so yeah, Nakamura wins, has a great moment. Yeah. Not to spoil your probably number three, two, or one, but the women's main of women's rumble aligns somewhat with this winner. It does, yeah. Um so yeah, it's a good good and rumble. That is to come on my list. Is that one on your list? It is not, but I do love it. Okay. So I got um one more before I get to that. Sure. Um wait, huh, Ron, was that not your number four? That was my number three. Three. I forget. Did we talk about two thousand ten? 
Well, no, because I said it was still to come. Oh, it's still to come on your list. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, my number three is 2011. Okay. Is that on your list? It is not. 2011 was a 40-man Royal Rumble, so 10 extra guys. Nor- yeah. Normally, it's 30 guys every quote-unquote two minutes. What was the... There had to have been some sort of, like, extra large or... Yeah, it was just, like, apparently backstage, they just felt like, uh, Kari's a little lacking this year. We need a gimmick. Okay. And so the gimmick was 10 extra guys. Gotcha. And so 40-man rumble, extra large. I'm, I don't know what they named yeah. it. But they worked a ton of stories into this. Um, famously, it had the Kevin Nash and Booker T come back as surprise entrances into the Rumble. Yeah, I remember being really surprised by that Kevin Nash return. Yeah, and there were a lot of cool story things. Uh, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan started the match. Okay, so that was fun. Kind of having the two Ring of Honor stars. Yeah, the two anti-heroes in there. Um, Miz versus Cena was built up for that year's WrestleMania. Miz came out and eliminated John Cena, even though Miz was champion and not in the match. Um... There were two factions at the time that were caused by a split in this faction of rookies called the Nexus. One was called the New Nexus. The other one was called the Core. And so they ended up on brawling with each other. John Cena going into the match had made a promise that if he crosses paths with anybody in the New Nexus, who he had been feuding with since like June, he's going to eliminate every one of them. And essentially he crossed paths with, I think, every guy in the New Nexus, and he did eliminate every one of them, including CM Punk. So that was really fun. Um, There were some cute spots with Hornswoggle, um, a lot of fun things like that. The best part, though, to me was the ending okay and so it came down to alberto del rio who was kayfabe wise i figured at least as a fan i figured he's gonna win okay he was to me the favorite to win and he did end up winning but here's what happens santino gets knocked out with like five or six guys left just like knocked through the ropes okay and he disappears off camera alberto del rio throws somebody like randy orton over and his music starts playing. His manager jumps in the ring. His music's playing. He's raising his hands. And, like, the second this happens, you see Santino's arm kind of come up behind the apron. And, like, he's pulling himself up like he's been knocked out. And he slides in the ring. And you – the commentator's are like, wait, wait, Sant- did Santino go – did he go over the top? Like, because it was such a kind of, like, innocuous thing. Like, no one's really sure – and so they're flipping out. Somebody says, we, we, we got where he, he went under the top rope. He's, he is in the match. And so the referees are kind of doing this big wave, like, no, no, to, uh, to uh, Del Rio and his manager who are in the ring. And they're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? They're like, matches and over, matches and over. And Santino, at the time, he had the Cobra, which he had a sock that was painted like a Cobra, and he would put it yeah. on. And he did this, like, kind of funny little Cobra dance with it. And then, like, stick his hand in a guy's throat it was all very pro wrestling right. but like fans loved it okay santino's the classic underdog where he would normally lose like everybody's tougher than him but his gimmick was that he's just so lucky that he can beat people a thousand times better than him just based on like dumb luck and chance right okay and having some skill so he's in the ring. Del Rio's got his back to him. Santino gets right behind him, puts his glove on. He crosses himself. He's Italian. It's so like an yeah. Italian Catholic thing. Crosses himself. Del Rio starts to turn around, and Santino yells, Cobra! Hits him in the throat. Del Rio goes down, and Santino starts celebrating, blowing the trumpet around the ring. 
picks up Del Rio, goes, runs with him across the rink to throw him out, and then Del Rio just sort of like rolls into it, and Santino flies over the top rope and wins. Okay. Watching this, though, when Santino snuck up behind him and he sets up the Cobra, I audibly said, like, the room of people I'm watching with, like, there's no way. There's no way. Because I'm thinking, like, what if they did this? Like, this is all rushing through my head. Like, that would be amazing. This would be, like, the bravest thing they've ever done. That would be incredible. What if Santino wins? And knowing he's not going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. (laughs) But it would be a super fun angle to have, like, everybody, like, have this race to injure Santino. Yeah, to get him out of the main event because, like, they're all better than him. And so it was a super cool, super fun, like, I legit, like, it was supposed to be a moment of disbelief. I had the moment of disbelief, like, oh, no, there's no, no, the, oh, my gosh, hard oh, my to gosh, do. oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Again, you talk about it, so fun getting lost in yep. a match. I got lost in that moment with <laughs> they Santino. Tricked, they tricked the James Prophet into thinking. <laughs> I'm not so special. <laughs> I can be tricked. That Santino is actually going to win. Yeah, 11 is way more fun than people give it credit for, so it's high on my list. Yeah, that was not on my radar, but... Good pick. So thank you, thank you. My number two. Number two. So I bet I can guess your top two. Uh, all right. Huh. <laughs> I bet you can. Um, <laughs> is number two the women's? Uh-huh. And number one is the 1992 Royal Rumble. Yes. So my number two is the 1992 Royal Rumble. And what's your? And number one is. It's the 2010. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, so we'll do the uh, the flare talk. Okay, and then we'll do the women talk. And then, actually, let's do the women first. Yeah, because that was wasn't on mine, but I and, did. And we'll do Flair second. Sure. And, okay. So yeah. That was a ten thirty. So you had the women's inaugural, which I can never say right. I two thousand eighteen, right? Two thousand eighteen Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble. So that match, essentially, first women's Rumble. It was booked like a celebration of the history of women's wrestling. Right. Okay. So they bring out uh, Stephanie McMahon to commentate. I believe Paige, was she a commentator on that match? That sounds right. Okay. She was done wrestling at that point. Okay. And um, they have the people in the match, like essentially they bring out, if you were a top women's star in the last 15 years, there is like an eighty percent chance you were in this match as yeah. a surprise entrance. Like Trish Stratus is in it, Alita's in it, Mickey James, Mickey James is in it, Michelle McCool was in was it, Molly Michelle Holly McCool was in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I geeked so hard for Molly Holly. Um, obviously, the horse women—they're mm-hmm. um, Charlotte's on the outside because she's a champion. Alexa Bliss is on the outside; she's a champion. Was it Alexa Bliss? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember being bummed that she wasn't in it. Right. But it was because she was champion. Yeah, they were both on the outside as um, as the champions. And Vicky Guerrero, yeah. she's a surprise insurance. She's in it. Excuse me. Natalia Neidhart and Beth Phoenix, they reunite their tag team, the Divas mm-hmm. of Doom, and then they turn on each other. Again, Beth Phoenix, another huge star, great wrestler. She was in it. And then even like some of the sucky ones like Kelly Kelly, she was in it. You know, <laughs> yeah. During the awful days of women's wrestling where it was definitely sort of like a... A joke. Right. You know, it wasn't treated, like, as legitimate as the men's. And to Kelly Kelly's credit, she seemed to try hard. You know, she just wasn't a great right. wrestler. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it comes down to, again, Asuka, the crowd favorite, 
and the Bella Twins, who were probably the, my favorite, <laughs> Josh's favorite. Crowd did not want them to win, and Oscar gets them both out, and it was a great. That, movie. that was a, a lost moment for me because you know you just have no idea where they're going. Like, yeah, it's the first. You don't know they gave the Bellas a TV show. Right, you really think they might give them the first. They're Rumble still land. wrestling or whatever. They're not. You know, completely out of it at no, that point. Yeah, and um, it would make at the sense time for she them was, to win. Um, Nikki was dating John Cena, right? right? And yeah. so it's just like I could see them making her the number, like the first winner. And Oscar wasn't like as high as she is now. You know, she was. She was a fan favorite, like yeah. you said. But she, she was undefeated, but she was new to the roster. She was yeah. like four months in. You know, yeah. So um, that was awesome to the main roster. She, yeah, she won, and it was. The was it the first or second rumble? I forget which one went first. That the night. women's went second. The women's right, main event the Royal Rumble. So that at the year. end, it was kind of like two Japanese stars, uh, Nakamura and Asuka. Yes, but also two NXT stars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was they both made their cool. names in NXT. Yeah. Yeah. And then the ultimate ending to that night, Ronda Rousey makes yeah. her surprise debut with WWE. I'm one hundred percent pro this. Yes. As, Moment. So she comes out. You know, the two champions are in the ring. Asuka was looking at them back and forth. And then Rousey comes out, and she's sort of standing beside them. And Rousey goes to shake Asuka's hand, like, congratulations, you won. And Asuka looks at it and then, like, slaps it away. Like, yeah. no, if you're here, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm going to fight you. Yep. And it was just this badass moment. I loved it. I know that I was reading, actually, about this rumble today, and I remembered that a lot of people hated that. Really? That it, it was like... Rousey, you know, first like first time oh, in the, the first time she like up. taking the shine off of Asuka. Well, I don't think she like, did it all. It's just like that's what happens at Royal Rumble is you set up like the main event of WrestleMania or at least start to and and it enhanced Asuka's yeah, character. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, it, it was, didn't take the shine off her. It gave huge, her a chance like, to look like a legit badass. Yeah, and this, and this hugely like anticipated um, wrestler coming in, and she's being paired with Asuka so I mean I don't know I thought that was silly but I did think that the criticism that Ronda had to deal with of her like smiling when she was walking to the <laughs> ring so that was a little fair yeah. so here's the thing Ronda Rousey is a real life wrestling like lifelong wrestling fan right this is her debut on like maybe maybe her favorite show a lot of people's favorite shows are yeah. Royal Rumble Josh's favorite show yeah. every year is the Royal Rumble you know Rumble. who else James? who? Santino Morella really? I, I was watching I forget which one but I saw some sort of there was a show on like Sportsnet or something yeah that was a wrestling recap thing and it had him on there talking and he said Royal Rumble's his favorite pay-per-view of the year on the podcast which I like cool because of his moment he had yeah, with Rio that is cool <laughs> but they're saying like their favorite show generally like three or the four like Royal Rumble you know that's more entertaining than Wrestlemania consistently yeah. for so a lot James, of people um, how do you feel about Wrestlemania sucking then I think Wrestlemania is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it doesn't suck. No, yeah. Uh, you suck. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Ronda's like smiling her whole way to the ring. Yeah. And again, her character is sort of that she's like bad news, don't mess with her. I just don't think she could help herself. You know, it's, I, I gave it a pass the first time, but then she did it like every time. And I was like, dude. Just like think about a really sad moment in your life, like just give us one. How hard could it be? <laughs> All right. I think the funniest thing I read was uh, somebody commented and said, "Like it's not so bad." Do you remember when Brock Lesnar returned and he smiled 
and then he like came up to John Cena and he offered to shake his hand and then he pointed at the WrestleMania sign and then he smiled and looked at John Cena and he smiled and then he pointed at the WrestleMania sign three more times and he kept smiling. That was so badass. <laughs> I mean, Brock does have a weird. Uh, I think it's funny when he. Smiles. I mean, that didn't happen, obviously. Right. You know, yeah. I think it's funny when he smiles because it's like, I you just never see it. So you're mm-hmm. like, is he breaking character right now or is he? Like when he was smiling? laughing at our truth a couple weeks right, ago. That's that why I thought. Went like, to. I think he just didn't know this was going to happen, and our truth genuinely just like caught him off guard. <laughs> but anyway, I did want to say one of the things I do love about Oscar, who won this match, she'll do this thing sometimes where she'll smile in a match, like when she just apparently has this realization that, like, oh, you just made me mad. She'll smile, and then on commentary, Corey Graves will always go. There's nothing more frightening in this world than when Oscar smiles at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Josh, let's do it. All right, so 1992. Uh... <sighs> Didn't make your list. No, no, 1992 is my number two. Oh, sorry, that's right. That's yeah, right. yeah, you're sorry. fine. I'm dumb. So Pretty this good. is Bleacher Report's number one. I figured. Um, this is my number one. A lot of people's favorite. Yeah, it's one of the like most um, highly regarded matches in WWE history. Absolutely. I think we've even talked about it before. Because we have, yeah. Bobby Heenan. Oh, my gosh. Um, is commentating this and he's just the biggest flare mark of all time and yeah he is flair's uh financial <laughs> consultant and so this whole that he's like bargaining with god <laughs> he's uh, he says like i stand to make a fortune tonight he's like booing anybody that messes with flair <laughs> like guys he used to manage that he's friends with like they'll punch flair he's like what the hell is wrong with you haku <laughs> if you are listening to this friday or saturday before the rumble Watch 19, the 1992 it's Rumble so to get you pumped. Um, so, I can talk about um, Flair's entry into the match. Sure. Okay. So, that is... Um, he's number three, right? Yes. And... Um, <laughs> Bobby Heenan's... Right? Remember that? I, I don't remember. Okay. So, like, you know, it's like one and two come out, and... Bulldog gets rid of Ted DiBiase like right away. Okay. So they're waiting for number three, and Bobby Heenan's like on the edge of his seat. He's like, "Who is it? Come on, come on!" As like you know, they're counting down the clock. It's yeah. just going normal time. And then number three, and you're thinking like the main event guys a lot of times are saved till the end, right? And then Flair steps out, and Grill Monster goes like, "Oh, it's Ric Flair!" And while he's saying, "Oh, it's Ric Flair," Bobby Heenan goes, "No, damn it!" Because <laughs> he's like, Drawn so early, essentially. Yeah, he's okay. like, and Gorilla Monsoon at some point goes like, "Do you know, Bobby, that nobody who has ever drawn one through five has been there at the end of the match?" And he's like, "What? What? What did you say? Like, no one who's ever drawn one through five has been there at the end. The match is over for Flair." Bobby, shut up, Monsoon! You shut up! I never like. He's you. doing everything. Like he's selling like how good Flair's gonna be when he does make it to the yes he's no one's ever done that before he's also like (laughs) he screams i don't think this is fair to flare like (laughs) 10 times it's pretty great right in the middle at some point he just starts going like i'll do anything you want i'll do charity work i'll (laughs) say it's like who are you talking to brady leave us alone right now oh i want to watch it um (laughs) one piece of trivia james that's crazy to me is Half of the entrants, mm-hmm. fifteen of them are Hall of Famers. Really, in so this is one of the like I most like packed. You know, sometimes you get some Royal Rumbles with like, um, like you said, Hornswoggle yes. or like uh, 
whoever. Just, I mean, some real... Some random people. Some Billy Guns in there. And uh, <laughs> this one, 15 Hall of Fame. I mean, Billy Gunn is a Hall of Famer. Right, so right. DX. That works, Should we count but, that? But yeah, the roster stacked in this one. And the story, like, okay, right. so here's the thing. There is, like, individual mini stories, but then there's, like, this huge broad story, okay? So, like, in the story, in the match, sorry, there's a lot of feuds. So, like, Piper is feuding with Flair. Mm-hmm. They interact. Hogan's feud, and that's a great moment when Piper comes out. Hogan's feuding with Flair. They interact. And then, like, Savage is feuding with Jake. They interact. Hogan had been feuding with Taker. They interact. He's been feuding with Sid as well. Yeah. And there's some of that stuff. Hogan and Sid get set up for WrestleMania, you know. Um, but, larger story, Ric Flair had showed up to the WWF with the WCW world title around his waist in... Um, I believe it was late August, okay, maybe very early September. And so he had always talked about he's the real world's champion. He's bursting that bubble to prove it is how he'd always say it. I'm bursting your bubble, Hogan. And so this big story of the match was it's Rick because and again, you didn't know this going in, but because Rick Flair is number three, they structured it as Rick Flair versus the WWF. And they made Ric Flair win. That made him such a big star in one night. What they, I'm sure, couldn't do to their satisfaction in four months, they pulled off with that one night of pulling the trigger. And, man, he interacted with, like, every other guy in the match. The only guy he didn't cross paths with was Ted DiBiase. And that was just, I think, just so they could do this one production shot that they love doing where, like, as Ric Flair is walking out as number three, Teddy Biasi is walking out to the ring as number three. Teddy Biasi is walking to the back, and they just, like, cross paths. Like, you see one guy walking out, one guy walking in. So it's like, okay, the old heel, the old top heel is leaving. This is the new top heel. Awesome. Okay. And, yeah, man, the post-match interview where Ric Flair, you know, with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment of my <laughs> life. Virtue of winning the Royal Rumble, we have a brand new World Wrestling Federation champion as the press watches on. At this time, to present the title belt to the new champion, our president, the distinguished Jack Tunney. Congratulations, Ric Flair, on becoming the undisputed champion of the World Wrestling Federation. Let me just say, after view distorting the belt, they're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all with a tear. In my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one when you are the king of the WWE. You rule the world. Think about it like that. Mr. Perfect, the brain. Let's give a big one. I was never so impressed with anything I've ever seen in all my life. He went out there for over 60 minutes, never took a back step, took it to Hogan, took it to The Undertaker, took it to whoever got in that ring. That's why he is, Bobby Call now, the real world heavyweight champion. We're not the kind of guys that say, we told you so. But we told you so. <laughs> okay, very good. 
Ric Flair, you have made world... Put that cigarette out. You have made World Wrestling Federation history here tonight. It's the greatest moment of my life. I want to jump. I want to party. But I got to tell you like this. For the Hulk Hogan's and the Macho Man's and the Pipers and the Sids. Now it's Ric Flair. And y'all pay homage to the man. Woo! <laughs> I love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up. We hope you have enjoyed your Royal Rumble. Wow. Just that match. I crack up. I love the action. It gives me goosebumps on so many points. It's so good. Yeah, so James, so you had that as your number one of all time? That is my number one of all time. And again, without the commentary, probably not, but commentary is part of a wrestling match. Absolutely. It can add to it, and ah, love that one. Yep. Piper, all right, so real quick, because we have listeners, Bill, hey Bill, who's a huge Piper fan, we're Piper fans, Piper had been feuding with Flair ever since Flair showed up, okay? Flair had, again, he'd been in the match for like 20 minutes, everybody's beating the crap out of him. But somehow he gets down to just one guy, the big boss man, who's like 6'5", 3'10", can move like crazy well, super agile, super tough. But boss man goes for like a big move and he misses and he flies over the top rope. So Flair is alone by himself in the ring. Somehow he survived like the first half and he just like collapses on his face. Does the Flair flop. Yeah. And Bobby Heenan's like, oh my God. Oh, we made it. We made it. Oh my gosh. We're just, we, we did it. We did it. Wee, wee, like, wee. The match isn't over, Heenan. <laughs> we got more people yeah. to go. And then timer starts. And Flair's like, you know, getting down on his, you know, like he's pulling himself up. He's on his knees. He's exhausted. He's sweating like crazy. Buzzer goes off. Roddy Piper, who hates Ric Flair, and Al Flair's super vulnerable, <laughs> runs out of the curtain at, like, full speed. <laughs> and, like, he goes, like, no! And they cut to Flair in the ring, and he starts, like, visibly crying on camera. Yeah. However he pulled out, I was like, like no, pleading. please, God, no. <laughs> you know, it's so good. Piper, so... like, goes nuts, low blows, pokes to the eyes, puts on a sleeper hold. It's amazing. I don't mean this as a criticism, but how have they not been like? How have they not been able to match that sense? It's crazy. Like, it's just all the whole match is just so much good storytelling. It's it's just crazy how it all fit together. And one of the things that's really missing, I think, is like Jim Ross was an all time commentator, right? Who would get emotionally invested in matches? I think if they had Mara Ronaldo and maybe Nigel oh, McGinnis commentating the Rumble. Yeah. They could get some of this back because the announcers sell the emotional Man, impact of the match. Tomorrow on a Royal Rumble, that's like. Wouldn't that be uh, amazing? Can you imagine? Roman, do we know, do we even know if for you sure? About Roman Reigns, you know, I think that'd yeah, be great. Anything. I'd buy Roman Reigns as the juggernaut if it was Morrow oh, screaming man. about it. Yeah, but we'll get. And Reigns is good. I've always Michael liked Cole Reigns, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, it's kind of anticlimactic to have this as my number well, one now, but yes, if we were doing best, I would have 92 as number one, but 2010 is my favorite. 2010 is one of my favorites. This is my number four. You're number four, right. So so Edge wins. Edge wins as a that, surprise that, entry. That's all we need to say, right, James? <laughs> no. Um, we're both Edge fans, Josh especially. It has just uh, like all of the check boxes for me. So like, And he does it by eliminating Cena. Yeah, another favorite and the guy he had feuded with for years before this. Yeah, there's um, 
some there's great the Shawn stuff Michaels with... story that we covered in our Shawn yeah, Undertaker yeah. feud, which is it's awesome. This is the start of HBK's descent into madness. Madness, yes. yeah. So yeah, you got all of that. You got him like the part where he's eliminated and he's like hanging onto the ropes, like for oh dear my life. gosh, it's so well done. I just found this out like yesterday. Apparently, that's still a controversy because he did such a good job. People to this day wonder if it was intentional or not. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. When it's clear, then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like they're still lost in the match, like, <laughs> yeah. 10 years later. What culture on YouTube did, like, a top six accidental rumble eliminations, and that was, like, number three? And they're like, to be fair, we're not positive this is accidental. I don't think it is. But this is debated so heavily to this day that we had to oh, include it on the That makes me list. so happy, James, because right? that, that's just awesome? like Sean is such a good seller that he is. People are buying, you know. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, it's got the great Sean and Taker stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a match where CM Punk is cutting promos in the middle yes. of the match. <laughs> I mean, come on. Clears the ring. Um, Ask for a mic, and this is his straight-edge society thing. Right, which is so good. So he starts screaming at the crowd to please just give up your alcoholic and nicotine-abusing ways. (laughs) And then another guy comes out, Punk throws that guy out, gets the mic again, says, now, before I was so rudely interrupted, it goes back to yelling at the crowd, and then he does it again. I (laughs) love it. It's so good. Um, Also, you know who eliminates CM Punk in that match? Hold on. (laughs) <laughs> i do not it's triple h oh yeah, yeah isn't it always yeah. a hoot when triple h beat cm punk i mean <laughs> it's still fun you know yeah. like um uh, and then you have edge yeah surprise number 30 which it was 30 right uh or 20, 29 29 yeah. yeah um somebody with that like such a iconic music as well yes um Dude, who sings that song? Is it Alter Bridge that does that one? No clue. Okay, it's a great theme. Edge's <laughs> theme is really cool. Yeah, and I can't remember. I'd have to look it up if at that time it was the it was the You Think You Know Me still, right? Like, no, it was the um, On This Day theme. Oh, that's right. Well, not, not my favorite. I love the other one, but still. Uh, Edge coming back. Gonna James, mark do you know that the, the, include the story of that is like... I don't remember how long he had been out or if he was expected so, to So, yeah, so essentially he and Chris Jericho had won the tag team titles back in the summer. Jericho, uh, no, Edge got injured, okay, and Jericho, they let him choose a partner to replace Edge, and he chose the Big Show. And so Jericho and Big Show kept winning, and as they kept winning, Jericho would start to say things like, uh, you're such a, you're the best partner I've ever had, and that became like, I mean, I... I have one guy to think for all this edge. This couldn't have happened if you weren't so weak and went down with an injury. So thank you edge. (laughs) And so he would do that a few times. And then, so edge comes back and the first thing he does is go for Jericho and he throws him out of the rumble and out of the ring. Awesome. And so, yeah, so that was how that came back. And that was, again, when he comes back to, it's this great moment where again, they time everything so well, they start the countdown clock. Jericho, knocks down like the last guy so with about five or six people in the ring jericho's the only one on his feet and then edge comes out and it's just like oh it crap just hit the fan yeah. type moment yeah and i love it too because like edge always was so good at being a face and heel like 
over different he periods was, of yeah. his career. And he didn't know what he was going to be yeah. here. And, and just, like, the fact that he's back, like, I felt like they knew was going to make him a face, you know? Yeah. Um, he also had the cool mountain beard in this one, right? Like, our oh. friend's Adam, our friend Matt. Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> I know you love be, that. Be still my heart. <laughs> All right. So that is our top tens, James. Yes. All right. So Josh... Yeah. Now, before we wrap, mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble is this weekend. Yeah, okay, so let's is. do winners for each match, okay? okay. So I, I will say, I mentioned earlier that uh, that lunch I got with Ryan, that mm-hmm. one time that I still remember, Ryan and I got lunch today okay. Okay, to do our predictions. What did you have? Well, here's, I think, the most interesting takeaway we had. The most logical winners are surprise entrants. Okay, There's this not... is where I get a little bit weird, James, okay. where I don't necessarily want to know okay because i love being surprised so i'll say this i don't know of any like i haven't had anything spoiled when i say surprise entrance i mean like the men's rumble has had 21 people announced for it i believe Mm -hmm. the women's has five entrants announced for it just five okay so you could say theoretically there is a five out of six chance that the women's right is gonna be a surprise but when you think who's gonna face probably Becky Lynch at Mania. Like, they might go... My thinking was Sasha might win. She's in Sure. And she could challenge Bailey. We'd finally get that match, right? But if it's Becky, to me, it's either gotta be Shayna Baszler, who's not announced for the match, or Ronda Rousey, who's not announced for the match. Yep, I thought of Rousey. I thought that would be... Okay. Super fun. I didn't know the... Um, this is all out of my own head. This is not rumors. This right. Is, yeah. I didn't know the behind the scenes of where she's been lately. Like, if she's just been just not around. I, or... also, I know she's been filming Total Divas, Okay. Right, I think. But that's not really a full-time job. Sure. You know, so, so, yeah, I, I could think. definitely see her, see her coming back. Um, or, like, I, I, I don't know that they would win, but, like, Tony Storm or Rhea Ripley... Um, being in the match would be kind of a yeah a no brainer. Rhea Ripley's got a ton of momentum right yeah, now. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, her versus Becky. I don't know like mm-hmm. who the who the neckbeards would be cheering for in that <laughs> one. But um, so the men's. What do you think? Men's. So I, up until like yesterday, this is Thursday. I thought Keith Lee had like the most momentum of anybody in the WWE universe. Mm-hmm. So I thought he would be a good dark horse pick, but then he won the North American title. And now I think I spoiler. Okay, yeah. That's the <laughs> reward for his like getting over. Sure. That's his moment now. So rumble win reigns. I think, I think the logical main event is not reigns fiend. I think it's reigns Daniel Bryan. So I think Brian's going to win the belt, and I think Reigns is going to win the Rumble. Okay. What do you think? Well, I have not been watching James. Okay. So I'm going to pick Kevin Owens just because I want him to win. Kevin Owens <laughs> is another – all right, so he was one of my picks also because mm-hmm. you need someone to fight Brock. I don't think there's a good challenger now. So I think my pick – I'll say Ryan and I – of the – Brock Challengers, Owens was my pick, and Smojo was Ryan's pick. Yeah, I was to say Smojo's right there, so I'd be happy with either of those. I mean, yeah, that'd be you great. know who else it could be, James? Who's that? CM Punk. Yeah, <laughs> they. I it's still Dude, probably if CM a long Punk shot. comes back at the Rumble, 
my kids are going to wake up at 1130 <laughs> at night with and everybody. And that would be the Brock match we'd all get most excited for, right? For sure, yeah. Brock Punk won at SummerSlam Paul 2013 was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I, I don't think yeah, I don't Punk's going to come back. But, man, Does anybody know where CM Punk is right, right now in the country? Is he in uh, <laughs> another city or anything? Can we at least say, and I'm sure every hardcore wrestling fan is like, sick to death of punk speculation after like seven years of it right whatever it's been it's closer now to happening than ever before yeah right i think so yeah and they can't i feel like they can't he's doing that fox show about wwe i mean right to where it'll be like oh yeah i guess that's cool yeah (laughs) 45 year old cm punk is back so he's gonna pull like the you know the piper like 60-year-old return at a rumble and everything. Like, <laughs> what if they You're do- a little late <laughs> on this. How about they do the thing they did with Daniel Bryan at the 2015 rumble? Oh, my God. Punk comes back, and they throw him out in I, 10 minutes. I would love that, even and though I love Punk. And then Goldust returns, and they have shattered dreams up on the screen. <laughs> I think they should have Punk come back and, uh, like, Roman Reigns. They should let Triple H him. throw him out. Yeah, Triple H come out. <laughs> Triple H and Roman Again. Reigns do it together. Man, and all then right. they'll make another Laffy Man Royal Rumble video for YouTube, and we'll all be happy. We never see CM Punk again. All right, Josh, I'm stoked for the Rumble, man. Yeah. What about you? Very much so. All right, let's edit this thing. Thank you for listening. I'm going to do it tonight, James. You're going to do, do it tonight. tonight. It's going to come out on Friday. So, All right. Uh, do you want to any final thoughts? Any go-homes? Mm-hmm. As rules. As rules. I got one. Yeah. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right, James, you know what else? What? There's three things that are certain in life. Death. Taxes. <laughs> and Randy, Randy Savage. Savage. See you in front of the TV Sunday. Deuces. <laughs>